Well, howdy, guys. I'm so excited to be here with you today and to share God's Word with you. Uh, We're going to be starting our Advent series, which is just a fancy Christianese word for the coming of Jesus. Chris sort of explained it already, that Jesus came as a baby. We we celebrate uh, Jesus coming so that we could have life in his name. And so we celebrate Jesus' first coming as we anxiously, eagerly anticipate his second coming to, to return for us. And um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. And what we're going to be talking about today is overcoming disappointment. We're going to be talking about overcoming disappointment. Um, and if, while we're talking about this today, you have any questions, there will be a number at the bottom of the screen. You can text it. We'll be happy to answer these questions for you later on this week uh, on Pastor Plex podcast. And um, as, as we talk about Advent, we talk about uh, Jesus is coming. We're talking about overcoming disappointment. I, I had a little bit of a disappointing Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm going to just share that with you, not to be a Debbie Downer right away, but uh, we, we had a little bit of a tough go of it this year. We, we loaded up. We drove to Dallas, which is usually a three and a half hour drive. Uh, it took us five hours because of the Thanksgiving traffic to be expected. That's okay. Um, we get there and uh, we notice that my son, he's two and a half, Ace's cheeks are flushed. They're a little bit red, uh, which I mean, he's been whining a lot. He's been a lot of tears, a lot of uh, crying on the road. So that's maybe not too weird. Uh, but my mom gets out a thermometer, zaps him on the forehead, and he's got a 100-degree fever. And I'm the youngest of five. We all gather together at my parents' house uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving each year. And so it's kind of a, a weird situation there when we get there with a sick baby. And we've got this choice to make of, okay, we're going to try to wait it out Uh, We have this big fajitas for 20 coming Tuesday night for us to all come together and kind of have not a Thanksgiving meal, but just a a family meal. And as we have that, uh, it's only five of us that are there, my parents, my grandma, and me and Katie. And it's it's like kind of this awkward decision to make of we could stay here and ruin Thanksgiving for everybody, or we could go home and uh, just have a kind of a disappointing Thanksgiving on our own. So we opt, we, we kind of wait it out. We, we see how he does through the night. His fever climbs up to 105. It's a little bit scary. Uh, we, get, we get him some more medicine. We put him in the car. We're, we're back on the road. We head back home in the morning. So it's a little bit of a disappointing Thanksgiving for us this year. But what's great about that is that the text that we're in today is all about overcoming disappointment. So God, uh, he brings us this word uh, in, in Luke chapter one, where we're going to really look at couple who had a lot of disappointment that they needed to overcome. And God meets them where they are, and he helps them with that. And he, he does this incredible thing. And so I'm excited for us to see that, especially considering this year. Uh, there's, there's a podcast out now. It's called Worst Year Ever, uh, because this is, this is a pretty disappointing year for everybody, right? It's, it's not just a, a Thanksgiving's a little rough. I mean, in a non-COVID world, would a fever have sent us home? Probably not. But in a world like this today, it absolutely sent us home. And so uh, it, was, it was a little bit disappointing, but my grandma's 75. She smoked pretty much all of her life, and so she just recently stopped. It, she's, she's high risk in every way. So it was, it was kind of a no-brainer. Of we, we needed to get out of there. So in a disappointing situation, maybe you've been disappointed this year. I know only three of you made any noise or made any uh, motion when Chris asked if anyone was dis- disappointed earlier. If you've had a disappointing year, this text is for you. This, this message is for you. And if you haven't been disappointed, uh, I want to know your secrets uh, so we can talk after this. 
So oftentimes for us, we can struggle with disappointment when we dwell on what's missing. We can dwell on what's missing. If, uh, it would be easy to just focus on, man, we missed out on Thanksgiving. We missed out on our opportunity to spend time with our family. And, and they're a little bit far away. They're, they're all in the Dallas area. And so it was, it was tough for us to miss out on, that, on those memories, on that time together that, was, that we were eagerly anticipating for so long. Um, a few weeks ago, I also lost my iPad, and it was easy for me to only focus. All I could think about was, where's my iPad? Where's my iPad? Where's my iPad? I asked, I think, everybody in the office like three times, have you seen my iPad? And it was, it was obnoxious, but it was all I could think about. And similarly, when we are struggling with disappointment, we can always just focus on that one thing. We can struggle with disappointment when we forget the joy that we have. We, we get so focused on these other things that, that we stop realizing that we have this great joy in our God. Right? And, and in Christianity, it's not about our, our joy, our hope. It's not in uh, just like optimism, like, oh, let's look at the, the brighter side of things. Our, our hope's in a person, and that person is Jesus. And so we, we fix our eyes on him, we, but we can't forget that joy that we have. And we can often doubt God's compassion um, as, we, as we maybe get away from our worship rhythms, maybe things have been disrupted. Uh, we can forget about how faithful our God is. And as we forget about how faithful our God is, we forget that he loves us. He sees us in our pain. He wants to meet us in our pain. And he wants to walk us out of that. He wants to help us in that. God can and desires to move mountains in our lives. So we're jumping in today. Luke chapter one, starting in verse five. Let's get started. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. This is important. They were both righteous before God. They're coming from a stacked lineage. She's like daughters of Aaron, like Aaron, Moses's brother, like priest of priests. He's from the division of Abijah. He's doing this regularly of, of this is his duty to come into the temple. He's about to go into the Holy of Holies to offer this sacrifice. And let's keep moving. Walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. And here's the problem. Here's where their disappointment comes from. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. It gets progressively worse of they had no child. Elizabeth was barren. They were both advanced in years. Uh, they're, they're lacking a child. And, and uh, this verse, it's a very nice, both were advanced in years. That's a very nice way of saying they were very, very old. They were very, very old. Like I think of like my grandma who we had to leave because she was at risk for COVID old. They, they're up there in the years, right? And they, and they don't have a child. And this is, this is a problem because in this culture, a lot of your identity, a lot of your worth was tied to you childbearing. And so there was, a, there was an issue and it was not humanly possible for them to have a child because they were very, very old. No more detail needed there? Okay. When his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. He was chosen. He had this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for him to go in and offer sacrifices in the Holy of Holies. This is like where the presence of God was most fully manifested in this time, so it was a huge deal for him to, to go in there. They had to like uh, tie a, a rope onto him so in case something happened and he were to do the sacrifices wrong, uh, they could pull him out of there. 
because he was in the most holy place. He was chosen to go in there. And what, what I love about this is that Zechariah and Elizabeth, they overcome their disappointment through worship. They, they overcome their disappointment through worship. So as we're thinking about how can I overcome my disappointment, this is a, big, this is a great example for us to follow through worship. When things are tough, when things are difficult, I don't say, look at how terrible my situation is. I continue to worship because I know that God has designed me to worship. I know that my joy and my fulfillment is full in him. And so I'm going to continue to worship even though I'm lacking this thing. That he's, he's prayed countless times. They've cried out to God for a child and they've not received that. And even in the lack, even in what's missing, they continue to faithfully serve him. And, and again, barrenness was, it was a big deal then because all of, your, like, all of your worth and your livelihood was in your child. It, it, was, um, it was kind of like, well, I wonder what secret sin they have because God hasn't blessed them with the child. And maybe, maybe you've been there, right, where you're walking faithfully, you're following faithfully, you're doing your best to follow the Lord. But there's something in your life that's missing, right? You don't have that job yet. You don't have that child. You don't have that spouse. And there's murmurings going on of, well, what's wrong with them? What did they do wrong? And, and, and maybe some of that's fabricated. I'm going to say, hopefully that's fabricated. But people start to wonder. And that becomes a very tense moment for us, right, of well, what's going on here. And, and I just want to be really clear with this. Children are absolutely a blessing from the Lord but it is not our place to judge those who are infertile. It is not our place to judge those who struggle with infertility. We, we have to love those people. We, we wrap our arms around them. We walk life out with them, and we love them, and we don't, we don't start any of those gossip, rumor issues. And we shut them down when we hear them, because we don't have any place for that in the body of Christ. And, and what's cool here is that the mention of her barrenness, as disappointing as it is, is also a very hopeful thing. Because in the Old Testament, every time a person is mentioned that they're barren, that person gives birth to a child later on. Actually, five times out of six. The only one that didn't was Michael. And uh, her dad took her away from being married to David before the Lord opened that up. So we'll leave an asterisk there. But every other time, it happens. So we're talking Sarah, Abraham's wife. We're talking Rebecca, Isaac's wife. We're talking Rachel. We're talking Hannah. We're talking Samson's mom. Every time it's mentioned that there's this problem, God intervenes and he opens the womb. And so this is a thing that maybe you get a little bit hopeful even in seeing such a disappointing thing. And, and what I love about Zechariah and Elizabeth is that they're absolutely an example of faithfulness. They're, they're faithfulness goals for us to follow. Right? We, we want to be like them. We want to be faithful even when the blessing is missing. So like for me, I've had my heart and a lot of my life has been directed towards this thing of planning a church. And even if that never happens, will I still faithfully follow? There's something in your life that, that you've, you've been pouring your heart and your soul out for, and you've wanted it, you've prayed for it, you've begged God for it. Even if it never comes, are you still going to be faithful? That is, that is challenging, and I'm going to just leave it there, and we'll move to the next one. So it'd be easy for us to, to get down um, on all the things that, that we were missing from our holiday where we, where we left, where we had to leave right away. But we had to make a conscious decision when we got back to Austin of 
we're gonna, we need to worship because otherwise this is going to be really miserable and we're going to just get in a huge fight and we're going to be uh, tense and mad at each other and blaming each other of, well, you could have done this or you should have put a mask on him here or all of these circumstances that, that weren't going to be helpful, but we had to make a conscious decision that we need to worship. We know that worship is what's going to bring us out. God's going to bring us out of this rut as we worship him. And so it was through time in his word. It was through singing praises to him when it maybe didn't make sense to do that. It was through uh, us saying, hey, let's, let's come and do a family time together. And let's, let's fix our eyes in the right place because we need to. And that, that's how God helped us to overcome our disappointment from this holiday. All right, verse 11. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord. This was not a normal thing for an angel of the Lord to show up, uh, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. Maybe he thought that he was going to have to have the rope pulled on him to pull him out of there because maybe he did something wrong, like Nadab and Abihu, and he was going to get pulled out of there because he'd offered it wrongly. It was probably his only time in there ever in his whole life. So he's, he's afraid of an angel. When he saw him, fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, one of the most common, one of the most repeated phrases in Scripture, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. The angel is quick to come in and comfort. The angel is quick to come in and say, hey, God has heard your cries. He's heard your cries personally for you to have a son. He's heard your cries personally for you to have offspring. He's heard your cries corporately for the good of Israel, for the good of his people. He's heard your cries, all the multitude that's gathered around praying. He's heard your cries. Your wife will bear you a son. What does that have to do with everyone else? Well, his name's going to be John. That means Yahweh is gracious. And you will have joy and gladness. He's going to restore joy and gladness, not just to this family, but also to many who will rejoice at his birth. Why will they rejoice? For he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. He's going to take a, a vow to be very holy. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. This is not a normal thing. It's not a normative thing for uh, someone to be filled with the Holy Spirit as a baby. Uh, he, he's going to be incredibly special. And he's, he's going to have a special job that he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And what he's alluding to is this Malachi passage, Malachi 4, 5, and 6. And prior to this intervention where God shows up, there's been 400 years of silence of, of the people of God waiting to hear from God. And the last thing that they heard, ready for it, is, is this right here. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and hearts of children to their fathers. So then as he continues, he says, and he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. He will go before him, him being the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ, who's coming. John will go before Jesus in the spirit and power of Elijah. It's this fulfillment of this promise that was 400 years old, where they had just had silence and disappointment for 400 years, all of this waiting and anticipating and saying, God, where are you? This is really hard. He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. He's going to bring unity back into the family. He's going to make the disobedient 
He's going to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, all to make ready for the Lord, a people prepared. He's getting his people ready for the coming of the Messiah. He's getting the people ready for Jesus to enter the scene. So what we see here is that God faithfully hears hears prayers and promises blessing. You can trust God because he faithfully hears prayers and promises blessing. This this is amazing that, that God would intervene, that God would hear our prayers, that he's hearing the prayers of this family, he's hearing the prayer of the multitudes crying out, God, where are you? We need you. And he's going, to prom- he's going to fulfill the promise of a blessing, and he's going to promise this blessing to this family, that John is coming to prepare the way for the Lord. Um, so as we, as we rushed out of there, as we rushed out of town, um, it, was, it was challenging for us, but we, we knew that we needed to go and we needed to get a COVID test because my grandma's up there and very much at risk so that we could maybe get some preventative care in place if necessary. We didn't want to ruin Thanksgiving for everybody. Uh, we didn't want it to be like Tuesday night where only a few people show up at the dinner table. And so we wanted to give everyone that peace of mind, so we wanted to go and get that test taken care of right away. Uh, and, and an answer to our prayer was that he did not have COVID. Uh, an answer to our prayer was that within 24 hours, he was fever-free, symptom-free. He was good to go. God healed, God healed my boy. And I can, I can praise him for that, that, that he heard my prayers, that he heard me crying out. And, and not only that, but also that it wasn't COVID because uh, I love my grandma and I, I want what's best for her. I want, I want her to, to live, have a, little bit, a couple more years, right? Uh, and, and I didn't want to feel that weight of that. Um, and so it was a huge answer to prayer and it was, it was God taking care of us and taking care of this, this huge concern that we had. And um, as I was thinking about this last night, I was, I was giving Ace a bath, and um, I know we got a lot of parents in the crowd. Anybody else struggle with bath time? Lots of, lots of bath time struggles. Now, there's two, there's two hard parts for bath time for us. The hardest one is getting him in the tub, and then the second hardest part is uh, washing the hair, right? So washing the hair is a huge challenge for us because soap and water in the eyes, right? Am I alone in this? Just us? Okay, okay. We're, we're all there together. So... <laughs> So as, as we're washing, uh, as I'm washing Ace's hair, the, the biggest thing that I always, I've been trying to work on with this, uh, work with him on this for a long time of, like, trust me. I want what's good for you. I want you to not stink. I want you to be clean. I want, I don't want to hurt you by putting water and soap into your eyes, right? And so as, if you trust me, you can look up and look me in the eyes and I will pour water on your head and everything will go back this way. But if you tilt your head forward and you close your eyes and you, you cover up and do the little turtle position, it's not going to go well for you. But inevitably, he continually does the little turtle position and continually gets soap and water in his eyes, and then he hates bath time even more. And it's, it's this terrible thing, right? But, but in the same way that my son doesn't understand or trust my love enough to look me in the eyes when things are, are stressful, it's easy for me to look in the wrong places and for things to get a lot worse than they ever were or ever would be. So we got to keep our eyes. I, I said this earlier, that, that our hope as Christians, it's not that we um, are just a little more optimistic. We, have, we see the glass half full. Our hope's in a person. That person is Jesus. We fix our eyes on him, and he will take care of us.
Verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Um, understandable question. He's, he wants a little bit of a sign. He's, he's got a, little, a couple of doubts. Like th- That ship has sailed 20 years ago. It, it was a, the, the way of women has left her. It's, it's, a, it's a stretch, to say the least. So as he's thinking about delivering this news to his wife, maybe he's got some doubts. Uh, he does have some doubts. We'll find out in the next set of verses. He says, I'm an old man, and my wife is also very old. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. He's like, hello, I'm an angel. I got this good news for you. This isn't a normal thing. I know this hasn't been your normal experience. I got, I got some news. Um, and then he gives him a little bit of bad news with that good news. He says, behold, you will be silent and unable to speak. There's this judgment for your doubt. Uh, and you ask for a sign. Here is your sign. Uh, until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe. So because of his doubt, he gets this judgment of silence, being unable to speak for 10 months, 9 months, whatever it may be, uh, until my words, are f- which are fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they started to wonder at his delay. They were wondering at his delay. And, and I think it's easy to pick on old Zechariah here. But we do this too. We say it's too good to be true, right? Even, even with this, this land thing that's been awesome news, it's like, really? Someone just drops $1.8 million of land in your lap and says, here, I want you to take this land and build the church on it? it it's easy for that doubt to creep in for me. I'm, I'm speaking for me personally. It's easy for me to say, ah, I, I don't know about this, right? And, and I think that we can oftentimes, when God starts to move, we can start to say that doubt starts to creep in. So the, the people are wondering because he's delayed. He's, he's taken a little longer than he should. And they were wondering for his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. Not exactly. He saw an angel, but, but God was moving in a way. That the people are realizing that God is moving in a, in a cool way here. He kept making signs to them. He remained mute. Um, and when his time of service ended, he went to his home. Uh, so I love that he finishes the shift and then he goes home. That's a great example. Uh, they, they wondered what was taking him so long, uh, but they knew that God was doing something. And then where Zechariah was a, a great example and then had a little bit of doubt, Elizabeth is, a, is an amazing example. And we see that uh, after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. The miraculous happens. God has opened her womb. She is, uh, she's pregnant. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, giving all the glory to God and saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Even if she had accepted all of the the shame of, okay, maybe something is wrong, maybe I did something, uh, there was still this, this stigma that she carried from not having a child. And so when this happens for her, when this disappointment is removed from her, she's able to celebrate and say, I love how much she, she gives Glory to God, saying, the Lord has done this for me. The Lord looked on me. He's intimate. He's close. He's right there with her. He looked on me to take away my reproach. He took away my shame among the people. He saw me. He loved me. He cared for me. He removed this shame that I've been carrying for so long. 
And I, wanna, I want us to fast forward to look at uh, his birth because there's a couple other things we can pick up here that are really important. Uh, so verse 57, so one, two, skip a few. Uh, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. A miracle, right? She, she gives birth to a son, um, and, and she's very, very old. The passage has been very, uh, it's, it's made it very clear that she was very, very old, that this was not humanly possible, but she gives birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. They also are giving glory to God. They heard that he had seen her in her weakness, seen her in her need, and intervened. And they rejoiced with her. And um, another fun part, they, they say, hey, this is, this is what everyone wants, right? Your neighbors and your relatives come over, and they're like, all right, time to name that baby. Let's do it. I got a great name, Zechariah, after dad. But his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. And they said to her, well, none of your relatives are called by this name. Let's, go, let's double check with Zechariah. Uh, and he, has to, he can't speak, so he has to ask for a writing tablet. And he wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. There's this awe, this amazement, this, this thing that's happening. And immediately, his mouth was opened, his tongue was loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. There's this wonder. His mouth is opened. After he's obedient to write, his name is John. He spoke, blessing God. After 10 months of not being able to speak, he speaks, and all it is is this incredible, elaborate, beautiful blessing of God. Even though his speech has been removed from him, even though it might be disappointing in some ways, the first thing that he responds with is blessing God, causing more wonder, more fear, more amazement. Fear came on all the neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. There, there's this news that's starting to spread and all who heard them laid them up in their hearts. The hearts are already starting to turn through his ministry even before he can even speak as a baby, saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. Good news travels. There's, there's hope. There's hope in who John is as a forerunner, and there's hope in who he's bringing because the people know that God is speaking again, and that's good news. So God faithfully works miracles. He faithfully extends grace. God faithfully works miracles and extends grace. Um, as, a, as a people, we see a lot of miraculous things happen. We see a lot of grace extended to us. Um, I'll just share a couple of things from this Thanksgiving for us. Uh, Ace got better within 24 hours. The, the Andersons heard about our situation. They brought us a Thanksgiving, they sent us a, a Uber Eats or DoorDash or something so we could have a Thanksgiving meal. We had uh, Lizzie bring us some homemade rolls from her grandma's uh, recipe. That was, that was amazing. We had the Snyders pick up groceries for us as we were on our way into town. Uh, we had an empty fridge because we had emptied it out, thinking we were going to be gone for five days. And we had sweet time alone with our family of four. Uh, we, we go to the mailbox, and there's two things in there that bring us a lot of joy as well. Uh, our Christmas cards, which was our first year to do Christmas cards, so Katie was stoked about those. <laughs> and then uh, it was a, a $1,400 check in the mail that we weren't expecting from, uh, from uh, my school, Dallas Seminary. And usually we spend about 10000 their way, 
and uh, they sent us a check this year, which was really cool. And it's, it's just been a huge blessing after blessing after blessing, grace upon grace upon grace. God is showing up. He's moving in this way of, of Amen. He, hey, he's still God. He's still worthy of our worship. He's, ex, he's worked miracles in our lives. He's extended grace in our lives. He's heard our prayers, and he's promised us blessings. He's faithful. He's worthy of our worship. And, and so the question, the application for us today is this. Will you overcome disappointment by rejoicing in God's faithfulness to you? Recount and celebrate regularly all that God has done in your life, all of the uh, blessings that he's promised, all of the prayers that he's heard, all of the miracles that he's worked, all of the grace that he's extended. And if you're, if you're here and you're not a Christian, if you're here and you don't believe in what Jesus has done for you, the first step for you is to receive that grace, for you to believe that Jesus came uh, as a baby in human flesh. He lived the perfect life that we could never live. He died on the cross to pay for all of our sins so that anyone who would believe in him would have the right to become an adopted child of God. God gives us the right to be his children because of his great love for us. He sees us in our weakness. He sees us in our our sad estate, and he says, I want you. I love you. I'm here for you. Let me rescue you. So if you're here and you're not a Christian, believe in Jesus. If you want to talk more about that after the service, I'd love to, to chat with you about that. I'd love to walk you through what that means, what that looks like. If you're here and you're a Christian, here's a challenge. Every day, until Christmas, I want you to write down a prayer that God has heard, a blessing that he has promised you. I want you to write down some grace that he's extended, some miracles that he's worked in your life. We are terrible at this. We don't, we don't remember the things, all of the prayers that God has answered in our lives. We don't remember the blessings that he's promised. We're, not, we're like a move on to the next thing so fast that we forget to recount. We forget to rejoice and we forget to worship. And so at least for the next 27, 28 days, would you be a people who remember? Would you write down and share with one person one of those things, a a blessing that he's promised, a prayer that he has heard, a miracle that he's worked, or a, a grace that you have seen extended to you? Let's pray. Lord, you're good. You're worthy of our worship. And as forgetful as we are and as um, challenging as things can be, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to remember your goodness, to remember the love that you have, the great love that you have for us, that you've shown to us time and time and time again, Lord, that you would make a way for us to have peace with you that you would make a way for us to be your adopted children, that you would make a way for us to enjoy fellowship with you. I pray, Lord, that as we're disappointed, we wouldn't be disappointed alone in a place that nobody could help us, in a place that nobody could care for us. But in our challenging times, in our disappointing times, Lord, I pray that we would reach out, that we'd be in community, that we'd be vulnerable enough to say, hey, my Thanksgiving was really terrible this year. And uh, we're headed back into town. Just wanted to share a funny story or um, 
and, and see what God might do with that. See how God might work through the people that he's put, placed in your lives to bless you, to remind you of his love, to remind you of his care. All too often we suffer alone, Lord. And we pray um, that you'd help us to be real with each other, that you'd help us to share our needs, that you'd help us to be authentic in community. Lord, we know that you're going to transform us as we experience your love in community, Lord. So would you, would you help us to do that? Would you help us to overcome the barriers and obstacles that get in our way of that? Lord, we love you. You're worthy of our worship. Would you, would you be the one who lifts our heads? Would you be the one who tilts our heads back so that we can fix our eyes on you? We need your help. We need your grace. We need your love. It's in your name that we pray.